0: now the three lovely bachelorettes will come out from behind the... No. You guys thought for a second though, didn't you? Oh my goodness. Hey, uh, you're going to have to hang with me just a little bit. I have been sick for a week and uh, so I'm kind of shaky up here. And then this morning I get here, I'm running around trying to get ready to do... I'm wiring up the microphone. And I run real quick to take a bathroom break and get in the bathroom and all... And, you know, and, and my microphone falls in the toilet. So we're start. It's one of those days already. So... So... Be kind, okay? Just be kind. Uh, we're starting a brand new series. It's called The Dash Game. You're going, oh, Dash Game. We were talking about, in the series, really what we're going to do the next four weeks together is all about knowing and understanding and doing God's will. And, and where we kind of got to the dash game was basically on this, as we talked about and kind of got going on the idea that said, you know, really you can sum up a person's life by a dash. And you guys have all heard that, you know, it's 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 from the date you live until the date you die and all that's in between on a tombstone is the dash. And and so we said, well, what would it be like if you had to get to the end of your dash, And realize I just spent an entire life doing what I wanted to do and living how I thought was best to live. But I never figured out the God's will for my life. I I never, I have no idea if I fulfilled or did what God put me on this earth to do. I don't know. And if that was the answer at the end of my life, would I have wasted the dash? So we came up with the dash game. And we're going to spend four weeks just saying, what does it mean? What would it take for me to discover God's will for my life? How many people here would, would just be real honest and go, you know what? Trying to figure out God's will is deeply frustrating. Okay, good. Okay. A couple honest people. The rest of you have never tried. Okay, so. <laughs> and yet, like, I'm, I'm going to read a passage to you. You don't need to go there. Um, but let me just read this passage to you. Because here's what scripture says about you and I discovering uh, God's will. It's uh, Ephesians chapter 5. Uh, It's uh, verse 715. You can go back there sometime later if you want to. But here's what it says. Be very careful. And when it uses careful here in Scripture, it's not talking about be cautious. It's talking about be full of care. Be sure you get this right. Be careful about this issue. Then, how you live, not as unwise, but instead choose to live as wise. Making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand, ready? What the Lord's will is. You get what what the scripture is saying there very simply is, is this. Your life, my life is going to fall in one of two categories. Either I will have lived my life foolishly. Because I lived it how I wanted to, how I thought best, just making the most of what cards I felt were dealt to me. And scripture says, if I live life that way, I'll finish my dash and not have a whole lot to show for it. Instead, scripture says, would you consider being wise? Would you consider saying my dash, my life is all about discovering why God put me here what is God's will for me? Why did he give me breath? Why did he give me life? Why did he give me the talent? Why am I here? What is that? What is God's will for me? And I just want to encourage you because some of us are sitting here today and you're going, Lynn, I'm, I'm 60. I'm, I have no idea. It's okay. It's okay. What would it mean if you and I, from this day forward, said, I'm going to, I'm going to live my dash in the will of God? Okay, now here's the thing I'm going to tell you. Getting to the will of God is hard. I mean, I mean, the truth is, how many times have you prayed and you've gone, Okay, God, I, I, I'm, I'm willing. Tell me. Tell me. Just, I, I, I'd love to hear what your will is for my life. Only to have that prayer just go... Anything, you know, God, you know, I'm here, I'm asking, how come? How come no answer? How many of you had moments in your life where you go, I, I think I've gotten little snippets of God's will. I mean, I, I'm not going to claim I've got it all, but I, I, I feel like I've got I've got a little piece here and I've got a little piece there. And as best I can do, I've been living out those little pieces. But here's the thing that's still deeply confusing for me, is that it just seems so random. When I look at the little things that I think God has revealed to me about my life and about His will, I can't draw any lines. I can't... It doesn't make any sense in the big picture. How many of you say, you know, it seems like God keeps changing his mind about his will for me. (laughs) And the reality is discovering God's will is an amazing, amazing, amazing challenge. And what I'm going to suggest to you today is that what we're going to talk about in the next few minutes is the thing, the thing that will begin to open up God's will for you and me. It will absolutely change the context in which you and I look at life. It will bring... All sorts of insight and understanding. It'll take the randomness out of what God seems to be speaking into your life. If you can shift gears and begin to understand what we're going to talk about today. It is the fundamental moment in a Christian's life to being able to comprehend. And it is also the moment in which you're ready for this. I give permission to God to speak His will to me. Because... You realize one of the main reasons why God doesn't reveal His will? Because you and I are waiting to approve it. So you and I are saying, hey, God, if you would simply reveal your will to me because I need to figure out if I like it or not. And can I just, I'm just, as long as you and I stand in that posture, God will never reveal His will because His will is not up for your and my approval. It's the surest way not to know the will of God. So how do you do this? What do you, how, how do you get there? How do you give God permission to begin to speak his will into your life? And God's here's what you need to hear. I'm not talking about hearing an audible voice. Okay. I have never in my life heard the audible voice of God. And I'm just going to tell you, if he did that, it would freak me out. Okay. I would be like hiding under things. And I'm just going to say to you that if you've heard the audible voice of God, you're freaking me out. So keep it to yourself. I'm not talking about that. I'm just talking about being able to connect with God and go, God, I know I'm living my life exactly as you planned for me to live my life. How do I get to that moment within my life? I, I... I wanted us to go back, and I, I, if you've got your Bibles, just turn with me. We're going to do a lot of Bible today, so get ready, get your fingers nimbled up. We're going to go to the book of Genesis, because there's a remarkable story of a guy named Joseph. Now, let me tell you why I chose this story today for us to talk about. Because God gives Joseph just a hint... Of what he's going to do with him. You remember the story where God says, Joseph, someday, someday when my plan finishes, your mom and dad, your brothers and sisters are going to bow down to you. And God gives Joseph this little glimpse of where his plan is going to go. Okay, And then we watch the rest of Joseph's life as God begins to take Joseph through his will to where God wanted him to be. It's a remarkable story. It's Genesis chapter 37. And we're only going to touch a couple of verses here, but get, get your fingers because we're going to talk. Genesis chapter 37. Here's what typically happens in our lives. You and I are trying to get God's will. We're talking to it, and, and God never speaks fast enough. Have you ever noticed that? You're going, God, I, there's so much life passing me by. And, 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 and. And, and so what we begin to think is, look, look, I... I I think I've got a sense of this. I, I I think I know me. I know how you wired me. I I, I know what I like, and, and 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 I and I know what fulfills my heart, and and so I I think God, I've probably got at least a general idea of of where your will for me is going to be. So God, look, I get it. You're busy. So until you get to me, I'll just start a list. I'll just kind of put the pieces together. I'll make a general outline of my life. And then, God, you can come fill in the gaps. And So here's what we do. We, we go, okay, okay. I, I'm, I, I'm thinking college. College is probably in God's will. So in, and here's what I'm kind of thinking about college. Needs to be far enough away from mom and dad that they can stop bugging me. <laughs> but close enough that money arrives quickly. Okay? so So, you know college, God, those are the, you know, those are the requ- That's the requirements. So, you know, whatever else, we're fine. And, and then, and then we go, okay, I, I need, I need a mate. And I'm thinking, God, you know, get married around 21. Because I wouldn't want to be old, like 30 or something when I got married. You know, I went 21, 22, 23 on the outside. You're going to freak me out, God, if we get past 23. Uh, have you seen what's left after 23, God? I mean, you know, so, and, and, and all I'm thinking is, as long, as long as they are just drop-dead gorgeous and have lots of money, I'll take anything. You know, that will be good. And then we, then we come back and we go, you know, I'm thinking two kids. You know, one of each. Who are madly obedient. Who... Who just who just simply listen to every, because that would be to the glory of God, right? I mean, children obey your parents, you know. So if they would just first time obedience every time, I mean, okay, yeah. And and then we get thinking career path. We're going, you know, I, I, I I'm pretty open, God. I, I as long as it involves executive level stuff, got no problem. You know, six figure salaries, I'm okay. You know, I'm not being greedy. Just need, just need enough to be comfortable. Okay. And what you and I inadvertently do is we, we figure out, we figure out what our lives need to be, where we need to go in order for you ready for this, for ourselves to be fulfilled. And then we start going, We, we start down our life path and we simply say, God, when you're ready, catch up. You know come talk. You know we'll we'll get together then. Here's the problem. God never follows our plan. God never follows your plan. Have you discovered that yet? I mean how many arguments have you had with God where you're going God this isn't the plan. I'm, I'm 27 and I'm single. Have you seen my kids? <laughs> Executive management. I'm, I'm working the freight dock. God. And here's what you need to know. Guys, and you need to get this. God never, never... Follows your plan and mine But the problem is Because we've decided Where God is supposed to take us And because we've chronicled it out And we've already Here's how old I'm going to be When I get married And here's what comfortable living looks like And here's the neighborhood And because you and I Have already set that in our hearts You and I are destined as believers To spend a lifetime Arguing with God about His will And then we wonder I wonder why God's not revealing More of His will to me Well, duh, you're arguing with him about every single point because you and I have already decided what our life needs to be. And all we've left God is the scraps. There is no more sure way to miss God's will than try to make God's will your will. Now, the story of Joseph. We already said God reveals to Joseph. He says to Joseph, Joseph, I've got this amazing plan for your life. And somewhere it ends up in this famous moment. I mean, somewhere, Joseph, everybody in your life is going to acknowledge you as leader. They're going to acknowledge you as gifted. They're all going to stand in awe of what you've accomplished. And Joseph's going... Good plan. Couldn't have thought better myself. And then God does what God does. He's silent. And don't you know, don't you know that in the heart of Joseph, he begins to do what you and I do. I bet I know how God's going to do this. And then I bet. And then I'll save the family. And then they'll all say I'm better than they are. But you and I know the story. Joseph's brothers hear what God has told Joseph is going to happen. And they become amazingly jealous. And so one day, Joseph, the youngest brother, is sent out to check on his older brothers who are doing the work. Get this. Can you imagine how the older brothers feel? They've been doing the work. Joseph's been sitting home. But, of course, someday he's going to be better than us. And as Joseph comes walking up, the brothers see him and they say, I'm... Are you sick and tired of this guy yet? And, and and so, you ready for this? They plot evil. They plot evil against Joseph. And they come up with a great plan. Let's throw him in a ditch, kill him. Tell our father that a wild animal got him. They grab Joseph. They throw him in a pit. One of the brothers argues, says, Look, 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 we can't kill him. I mean, you wouldn't want to do that to a brother. Let's just sell him into slavery. You know, show some compassion here. Now, here's what I'm thinking. I don't know this for sure. Here's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking when Joseph is down in the pit, that Joseph is thinking something like this. This is a stinky plan. This is a pit? Really, God? A pit? This can't be right. Evil men are winning. My brothers are doing this out of jealousy. Jealousy. Something's wrong, God. The the plan, you ready, has gotten off track. Get me out of the pit. Because the pit cannot possibly, can't possibly. Remember me, I'm the guy that's supposed to be famous. I'm the guy who's supposed to, they're all supposed to be bowing down to me. I'm in a pit. This can't be the plan. Ever been in a pit? Ever had a moment in your life when you just looked at God and said, there's no, no, the plan, this can't be the plan. It's a pit. Ever had moments where you kind of put God on a timer and said, all right, God, you got like three days to get me out of the pit. I'll stay here for a little while, but don't ask me to stay here because because this, this, this cannot possibly be... It's doing nothing but slowing down the plan. See, here's the reality. Some of us walked in here today and we're at a point in our life where we just go, Will of God, I'm in a pit. I've been praying for God to get me out. I've been yelling for God. Here's what you got to get. The pit. The pit was the very center of God's will for Joseph. Oh, and Let me say that again because you got to catch this. The pit was the very center of God's will. That's exactly where God wants him. I know it feels like his brothers did it. Not, but the pit is the very center of of God's will for Joseph. I'm 20 years old and in the middle of Bible college. I I felt God had given me a little glimpse of where my life was going and, and I I knew at 15 that God had called me to ministry. Didn't like it, but I knew he had called me to ministry. And and so I came up with a plan. Okay? I'll start now, I'll work hard, I'll volunteer to do everything I can possibly do at church, I'll be the junior church teacher, I'll help be the bus captain, I'll, I'll do, because I'll, I'm just going to get a head start. I'm going to get myself ready for ministry before anybody else, then I'll be ahead of everybody. 20 years old. I'm in the middle of Bible school. The church I'm working at, the pastor comes up to me and says, um, you're fired. So I go looking for other churches to hire me. Guess how many other churches want to hire me? <laughs> I find myself working on a freight dock. And I'm sitting there, you ready for this? My mission during the day load boxes, stack them straight. And I find myself in the midst of that going, This is the plan? God, this is a pit! That, I, I ought to be somewhere serving you. I, I, I mean, surely I ought to be honing my skills and learning more about ministry. I mean, I, I would work for half this if I could just get on with the plan, God. I'm loading trucks. And all the people that work around me, they're heathens. You, they're heathens, God. What am I going to learn from them? I mean, every second word of their mouth is F this and F that. Anybody on a freight dock this morning? Anybody going, God, there's, how in the world, how in the world, God, does your will and your plan happen from here? God, do you see who I'm married to? God, have you taken a look at my career path recently? God, have you seen what my parents did to me? How how do I get there from here? Cuz this is a pit. Is it possible? Is it possible? The pit. That place, that thing in life that God has called you to for the time, is the center of God's will for you. And if I could understand that, and if I could realize that, if I could accept that, wouldn't it change how I lived in the pit if I knew it was God's will? No, no, no. See, if you and I didn't know the story of Joseph, here's what we would think. We'd think, oh, no, 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 no. The pit is a temporary detour. It's a test. It's just, it's a moment in Joseph's life. You know, if, do what you need to do in the pit. Learn the lesson you need to learn while you're in the pit. And then God will fix it all. We'll get back on the career path. We'll, we'll get back to meaning business. I mean, isn't that what we would think? But you and I know the rest of the story. We know what happens next. Joseph does get out of the pit. He ends up going to Egypt and he's sold into slavery. And and Joseph is there making the best of what he's cards he's been dealt. I mean, it's not how he would have done it, but he goes, oh, okay, okay, okay. I get it. Potiphar, the guy who bought me, he's the captain of the guard. So, so maybe I guess I'm going to, you know, somehow find success within this house. I'm going to work hard, do my thing, be obedient, and God's going to start my career path from here. Okay. It's not, not how I would have done it, but I can see it. And then, Potiphar's wife takes a look at Joseph and says, "Man, that is USDA prime." (laughs) And she she waits for a moment when when Potiphar is gone, and she makes a pass at him. And guys, I'm I'm pretty convinced in the process of Joseph being propositioned by Potiphar's wife. I think he was tempted. I think he's tempted out of his mind. And the reason I think that is because if you read the story, he runs. See, here's what I'm thinking. If she was really gnarly looking, he's just laughing, right? he's going, <laughs> but he runs. And I believe that was, that was the last effort of a righteous man to say, man, if I stay here one moment longer, if I tarry an instant, I'm going to do something I shouldn't do. And he runs. And what does Joseph get for his righteousness? Go with me and look. It's Genesis chapter 39. It's verse 20. Here you go. Obeying God. Done my laps. Lived in the pit. Started over again. What does Joseph get? <coughs> Joseph's master looked at him and put him in prison, the place where the king's prisoners were confined. That's the plan? That's the plan? Whoa, 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 whoa. What happened? What happened to getting married at 20? What, what, what happened to a fast moving, fast paced career path? What, what happened to children who were honoring to me and then That's the plan? Jail? Uh, You just, you got to get this, guys. Because if you and I are really serious about the will of God, God is going to lead you and I into moments in which it looks like the will of God is impossible from here. He, he is going to willingly and with, you ready for this? With intentionality, take you and I to moments that you and I will say, and everyone watching us will say, and everyone who's ever even had a hint of what God's will for our lives were, are going to say, How do you get there from here? Because God absolutely delights that as He lives His will out within us. That everybody, and especially you and I know, it wasn't me. It was him. And you and I can't let the jail moments of God's will, the moments in which God seems to take away everything that he promised, everything that he told us, throw us for a loop. See, here's how you and I have got to navigate those moments. First off, you and I have got to be willing to look at those moments and say, This must be God's will. I don't understand it. I don't get it. I can't connect any of the dots for you. But I believe this is God's will. And here's how I believe it. And guys, here's the thing. You've got to know this before it happens. If you're trying to navigate what we're about to talk about and try to figure out in Scripture when it happens, you'll be lost. You have got to believe what we're about to say to each other before it happens so that you can hang your life on the hooks of Scripture. And here's what you've got to believe. You have to believe that God is in control. You have to believe that no matter what the circumstances look like, God didn't go on vacation and leave you dangling. And so when I find myself in those moments where I go, "I, I have no idea how to get there from here. But here's what I know. My God is in control. And here's what I have to ask. Did I cause this problem myself? Did I do this? Because you you realize sometimes you and I end up in jail because you and I did something, right? Sometimes you and I are just getting a big ol' spanking. And at that moment, the best thing you can do is learn whatever you got to learn, confess whatever you got to confess, repent from whatever you got to repent from. Then you can get out of jail. But if you look at that moment, you go, I didn't do this. Matter of fact, as best I look, I was righteous. I'm the one that ran when temptation came. I'm the one that did the right thing when everybody around me was doing the wrong thing. And I'm the one in jail. And you have that moment in your life. Then you've got to be able to come back and say, So God must want me in jail. Somehow, I don't know how, the plan of God is better served with me in jail. Because here's the deal, I've asked, I've begged, I've said to God, God, do you see me? And it's wrong and it's, I've asked and God isn't changing it. And if I didn't cause it and God's not changing it, then God must want me here. You realize this is the moment that most of us veto God's plan. This is the moment that both of us go in and go, okay, God, 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 God. Pretty obvious, pretty obvious. You've gotten your eyes off the mark. You've lost. Here's what I'll do, God. I'll, I'll, I'll just, I'll just fix this a little bit because we're in trouble here. And and after I can get this thing realigned, then we'll talk about whether or not you can lead again. you don't get anything else from what we say today this is this is the moment this is the moment this is what your hearts have got to be able to land on if you and I are going to navigate this moment god's will is not about me it's not let me say that again god's will is not about you it's not about you being fulfilled it's not about you. At the end of the day, going God, that was a cool plan. Just gotta tell you, LA. God's plan is not about your relatives looking at you and saying, "Wow, aren't you successful?" It's not God's will, because here, God's will is not about you. It's about Him, and it's about him being famous and it's about a world that lives in darkness seeing him in us and if, God, if people can see God in us from jail then guess where God's going to put me and, and if people can more clearly see God as you and I navigate a less than perfect marriage then guess where God's going to allow me to be and, and, if, and if people can more clearly see God when I'm getting laid off from my job then guess what God may ask because here's the answer at the end of the day. God's will is not about your comfort or my comfort. God's will is about His fame. Key to knowing is God's will? Get rid of that. Get rid of that. Get rid of all the plans you've set out. Get rid of the whole agenda you've written down. Get rid of all the notes you've made and are holding God accountable to do in your life so that you can be happy. Get rid of that. Matter of fact, Scripture, remember I told you we're going to go look Scripture, grab your Bibles. And 1 Corinthians says, that's really the most reasonable thing for you and I to do. If you're not real familiar, if you go to the back of your Bible and work to the left, you're going to find this book of 1 Corinthians. It's 1 Corinthians chapter 6. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19. Here's what it says. Do you not know? Don't you understand? Haven't you figured this out yet? That your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. Your body and what is it? Your body, your life, you're the very breath you breathe, you realize that belongs to God, right? Who is in you, whom you received from God, you are not your own. You were bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God with your body, with your life. And, and you get what Scripture saying. They say, look, 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 look. When you and I became believers, and some, some of us didn't understand this in the moment. See, we thought believing on Jesus was just a great fire escape. You know, I get to live my life here however I want, but I get to go to heaven because I have Jesus in my heart. No, 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 no. Jesus said, if anyone comes after me, Let him deny himself, take up his cross and follow me in this life. And and what happened in that moment when you and I invited Jesus to be savior, a price was paid. You, You realize a price was paid on the cross. And in the moment he came into our lives, there was a transaction. There was a sale that took place. And in that moment, God bought you and me. And the reality, Scripture would say, is you don't hold the pink slip to you anymore. God holds the pink slip to you. That's why Romans chapter 12 says, I beg you, live your lives for God, which is the only reasonable. It says, give yourselves as a living sacrifice to God. It's the only reasonable thing to do in light of the fact that he bought you. And, and so what you and I have to be able to say is, God, look, It's not about me. It, it's not about my plans for me. Because here's the thing. I am not the center of the universe. Anybody hearing that for the first time? Let me go on. <laughs> you know, you know weird. We know that, don't we? we? We know we're not the center of the universe, but we still think it. I mean, if we were really honest, we really think that God is in heaven simply up there to make sure that my life is convenient and comfortable. You're not the center of the universe. And neither am I. Which means it's not about me. It's about him. And it's being willing to say to God, look, look, look. I want your will so desperately. I will do anything you ask. Even if it involves pits. Even if it involves jail. And maybe more importantly, you ready? Ready? even if it involves ripping up my list. And that what God is waiting for you and I to do before He shows His will to us is for you and I to come back to this and say, God, no, I I did. I, I had a plan. I knew what you needed to do for me. And I'm done with the plan. And and the truth is, God, if I never never make enough money that that classifies for what I consider comfortable, I'm okay. Because it's not about me. And if my friends never look on my life and go, wow, you are madly successful. And if, if my parents never stop and approve and say, wow, I am so proud. If I never hear that. It's not about me. And God, if you ask me to stay in a marriage that is broken and struggling, and the truth is, I, I am desperately unhappy. That's what you ask. Because your glory is better seen with me in that house. And God, if nothing... That I've planned ever comes true. I'm okay because it's not about me. It's about you. I know some of us here today, and you're going, "Whoa, whoa, 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 whoa!" And bad story because we all know what happens. Joseph gets to be number two in Egypt. I mean, I I think that's success, right? I mean, woo! No, 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 no. You're right, you're right, you're right, you're right. You and I will never be more successful than when we do the will of God. I'm just telling you, doing the will of God is a crazy, wild, life-thrilling journey that, that if I do that brings unfathomable fulfillment and success and joy in my life. But here's what you got to get, not because of the status it brings me, but because of the status it brings God. Grab your Bibles one more time. Go back to, to Genesis. Genesis chapter 41. Here's how the story of Joseph finishes up. Here's what it says. Genesis chapter 41, verse 37. The plan seemed good to Pharaoh and to all of his officials. You remember Pharaoh had a dream and Joseph comes and interprets the dream and says, look, 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 there's going to be a great famine going on. And here's the way to avoid it. We're going to put a bunch of food in storehouses and then we'll have food when the crops don't come in. And, and we're going to do that. And, and that's the plan. And Pharaoh says, man, that's an amazing plan. The plan seemed good to Pharaoh and to all of his officials. So Pharaoh asked them, can we find anyone like this man? Uh, one in whom, you ready for this? Here's what Joseph's qualifications were. Not that he would climbed the corporate ladder. Not that he had done everything right. He's fresh out of jail. Guess, guess what his qualification is? One on whom the spirit of God is. Guess who's getting famous? And then Pharaoh said to Joseph, since God has made all this known to you, there is no one so discerning and as wise as you. We shall, you shall be in charge of my palace and all of my people are to submit to your orders only with respect to the throne. Will I be greater than you? So Pharaoh said to Joseph, I hereby put you in charge of the whole land of Egypt. Guys, 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 guys. This isn't about Joseph being famous. It's about God being famous. And you and I have that same invitation. God stands today and says, look, 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 if you'll, if you'll just bring this back and if you'll just set that on the altar and say, look, 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 I get it. It's not about me, God. It's about you. And I am willing to recklessly follow your will. And I don't, God, I don't care if it's, it's jail and if it, I I don't care because here's the thing, God. It's not about me. It's about you. And there is nothing that would fulfill my heart more than to make you famous. To let people see what would happen in a reckless life given to you. Because it's not about me. It's about you. It's about our heads. Here's the deal. I guarantee, guarantee, guarantee some of us are sitting in this room today and you are involved with a real argument with God. Because <laughs> you're saying, no, 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 no. No, 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 no. See, I got a plan, God. I, I've got this thing scoped out and I've got the steps figured out and you're not cooperating. And you and God are in fisticuffs right now. Right now. And, and you're saying to God, God, look, look, show me, tell me what your will is. And if I can approve it, then I might consider giving up some of the portions of my plan and allowing you to have your way in parts of my life. So show me your will. And God's answer, not a chance. Not a chance. Because God's looking for someone who knows it's not about them. It's about him. And if you have any desire this morning to know God's will for your life, pick up the plan. Put it on an altar of sacrifice to him and say, God, you lay it out. You figure out what the next steps for me are. And God, I'm just going to tell you right now. I'm okay. Count on me. Because it's all about you. And it's not about me. So show me your will. Dear Heavenly Father. We just come before you in this moment. And God, the truth is, we have been so selfish and so self-interested. And although we would have said with our lips, it's not about me and the universe doesn't revolve around me. We thought it did. We lived like it did. And for some of us in this room today. What needs to happen next is that I go back to the plans of my life and I pick them up one by one and lay them on the altar and say, God, it's not about me. And so even if you don't give me a mate when I want a mate, and if you don't give me the job that I want, it's not about me. It's about you. And all I want, all I need is your will. Oh, God. That we would have the courage.